everyone, and welcome to the 179th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey, guys. How's it going, man? I'm tired. I know. Very you tired. You just got done doing your KVA event. How did that go? It was... It was... It went really well. You know, I... Looks like it. I was... I was very surprised because normally it it starts off slow, then it just picks up. But from like this year, the from the get go, like it was like just packed with people, <laughs> yeah. which is a good change. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm glad to see it. Like so many people there, and you got Erica Harlicker and Justin Cowden, and man, it just seems like a cool event. So glad that went well. Thank uh, you. So yeah, we we had a trailer. Um, yes, I just want to say up front that uh, you know we we did do a trailer analysis. It'll be on the YouTube. I'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it'll it'll happen. But I would say you know the main thrust of this episode is going to be talking about a very special birthday. It is Kingdom Hearts One's birthday. <laughs> Oh, it's He's true. growing up in front of us. Our baby's growing up so fast that it can almost vote. It, it's yes, it, it's almost an adult. Almost an adult. It's almost as old as a uh, well. It's Kingdom Hearts has long been older than Sora, un- unfortunately. Right. Oh man. So uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking a lot about that. We'll also talk about the KBA gathering, and I want to talk about. Uh, a bit about the YouTube, so we'll do that in a bit. So, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. So we have a three-segment show today. Our first segment is going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 1's anniversary. Our second segment, I'm going to talk to Churro about how that KBA gathering went. Seems really awesome. And the last segment is going to be our questions segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui. Chris Morales, Zach Duranto, who's at ZDuranto58, Michael Graham, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tori Patrick, Fayez Bilal, Alex Ray Snyder, who's at Alex Ray Snyder, Louis James, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yun Ray, Muhammad Quam, Zelda Clone at Apes Type no- oh, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Drainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman at Akira Namejin, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Miles Ribbons, Ishbel Ayila at Red Peppers, Rob Porter at ScoreTBird T1, David Calro, Tobias Cappy at The Tobias Cappy, Vita Nitas, and Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So, uh, final announcement, and this is going to be uh, a big thing. The YouTube is going to be coming back in action this week. 
So please, Yay. if you are not already subscribed, go to youtube.com slash khunionvids. Uh, the first video, uh, Churro and I, we just recorded a video for the channel. It's going to be about the uh, trailer. We're going to talk, we're going to do a full analysis and discussion about the Tokyo Game Show trailer. Uh, we also have another video that I'm working on now that I'm thinking we'll probably release next week. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're thinking of things to do for the podcast or two for the YouTube that is new and unique content, how we can do that in a sustainable way. So, uh, overall, this is going to be a nice big YouTube relaunch, so to speak. This is the, or, or more, more like rebirth because, Kind of before, the YouTube channel was mostly just a dumping ground for the deep dive stream. Uh, but now I want to see if we can make this, you know, something a, a bit more interesting and, and a bit more well thought out and actually make content that is unique for YouTube. Uh, it seems, you know, like, you know, the Final Fantasy Union guys, they've been doing a really good job with their YouTube. They are a 100,000 subscribers strong, uh, actually more than that which is so impressive. I'm so proud of them. So, you know, I want to see if we can step it up on the Kingdom Hearts Union vid side of things. So, uh, actually, Churro, you know, we're actually close to like 3,000 subscribers and we don't even use the channel. So we have to step it up. Hey, hey, we are that good. We are that good. We don't We didn't even do anything. and We got 3,000 subscribers. So, yeah, moving on from there, let's go on to talking about... The Kingdom Hearts 1 anniversary. Churro, it has been 17 years. And uh, yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 1 actually released back in September 17th, 2002 in the West. as the North American uh, version, I believe also in Europe, probably same time-ish, uh, version of uh, of Kingdom Hearts. This uh, was Europe the version... was actually November. Oh, Europe was November? God dang, do we have to do another one of these for Europe? I, if you want to. If we want to, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't feel nostalgic for that date, but okay. So for the North American release, at least. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like October, October, November. It was in September, though. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, Churro, I just want to get an idea for where you were in life uh, around September of 2002. Uh, I was, I was actually a, just entering senior year in high school. Man, so Kingdom Hearts, I, I, I'm i pretty sure, you know, just like me, you were, you know, aware of the game prior to release. You know, we, we've talked in the past that Game Pro magazine that came out, like, around E3 of that year, talking about this game that, you know, involve Final Fantasy and Disney and all that. Like, for me, that was my introduction to the game. Was that the same for you? Yeah. I mean, I heard about it when it was announced, but then the Japanese version came out earlier that year. And yeah. then GamePro did a huge cover of it in one of their magazine issues, like, right before the summer. And I had that issue, and I, I kept writing about it because I keep seeing, like, Final Fantasy characters in it. Yeah. So I was like... I was so excited. Final Fantasy and Disney characters. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. It was a so big I was like, deal. I gotta get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and on, on top of that, like, it was gonna be an action game, and this was like, what? 
an action game, Final Fantasy. This is the first time they did that. And it's like, oh man, I really got to play this. So yeah, that was really an exciting aspect of that. So yeah, for me personally, I was uh, in so September 2002. I probably would have been in sixth grade. And, you know, I was, you know, at that time, uh, really into Final Fantasy X. That was my first uh, Final Fantasy game. Not, I was going to say my first JRPG, but actually that probably would have been Pokemon. So, but this was my first Final Fantasy and I was really into Final Fantasy. And at, at that time, like one of my favorite things to do was when I would go to, um, you, you know, I would go to the toy Toys R Us and, and see all the games there and man, I'd be like, man, I wish I could play some of these. So, uh, I remember at that time I didn't have, um, you know, I had had a a PlayStation two, but I didn't have really many, any good games for it. So, um, I was really excited for, for kingdom hearts. I actually didn't get kingdom hearts right away. Uh, it took a little bit for me to get it. I think I got it for Christmas. Um, but yeah, at that time, I elected instead to play Final Fantasy X first, and uh, once Kingdom Hearts actually released, I was actually, like, really antsy, because, like, man, I would see it at Blockbuster, and I'd be like, man, I really want to play that, but, oh, I didn't get it, but then I know it's JRPG, so I probably shouldn't rent this, because if I rent it, I'm not going to be able to finish it, so I should definitely wait until I buy it. See, for me, I just came from finishing Final Fantasy, like, 10, like, because I, cause I got 10 when it first came out. Oh, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, like, knee-deep in, like, Final Fantasy. Like, I was, I, I got in Final Fantasy 8 when it came out, Final Fantasy yep. 9 when it came out, and then now 10 came out. I was, you know, then I saw, you know, then I go, going back to what I said when I discovered, you know, started really seeing Kingdom Hearts, it was like, I saw Titus and Waka. It was like, yep. it's Titus and Waka, and they're selfie. Yep. You know, what are they? What are they doing there? You That's know, like, crazy. I just played these games, and it's just like, you know, okay, you're piquing my interest here. Exactly. I mean, I just want to also point out the fact that okay, so Final Fantasy X, right? That came out like 2001. Same year, think- isn't that the same year that the the PlayStation Two came out in North America? Also, like that's just crazy to me that like. You know, Final Fantasy X, not a launch game, but dang, it was really close to being a launch game. Like, that's a hell of a launch title, like, launch release window title. Like, could you imagine, like, just think back to this generation. How far out, like, Final Fantasy XV announced the same uh, E3, like, right after, um, right after the announcement of the PlayStation 4 that was 2003. It took three more years, actually three and a half more years until it actually released back in uh, November of uh, 2016. Like it took a long time. And that's the last like number Final Fantasy we're getting this generation other than uh, 7 Remake. Uh, actually, I'm surprised we're getting 7 Remake this generation. It's barely making it, but it's making it. Uh, you know, I've Dude. just gotten so used to having only one Final Fantasy a generation. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless they decide to do, you know, pull the the wild card and say, oh, it's releasing on the next generation too as well. Oh yeah, I'm I'm assuming it'll also release next gen. But 
you know, uh, at least first it's going to release on, uh, PS4. Yeah, there, there's no way 7 Remake is going to stay on PlayStation 4. That is not not a good idea considering the next generation starts like right away. So, right. But yeah, it's just, it, it's really interesting just to think like, okay, so, uh, first year PlayStation 2, Final Fantasy 10, second year PlayStation 2, Kingdom Hearts 1. It's like one after the other after the other. And, like, in terms of Kingdom Hearts games, like, the PS2 got quite a bit. It got Kingdom Hearts 1, it got Kingdom Hearts 2, it got uh, Re-Chain of Memories. That's three games right there. Like, three games on the same platform. So, that was a, definitely an interesting time to, to be a Kingdom Hearts fan. Like, just console game after console game. So, uh, so yeah, I think that pretty much grasped, you know, where we were at the time. So, Churro, uh, I, I don't know when the last time you played Kingdom Hearts 1 was, but I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, a lot lately. It's actually my first time playing it in uh, in Japanese. I'm playing it the first for my first time in Japanese. And, uh, actually, me, actually knowing the language, right? Yeah, now I actually can understand it. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, like, playing this for the first time and actually being able to work my way through it and being like, oh, like this makes a lot more sense now. And, you know, aspects of characters, I'm really starting to get a different perspective on. And yeah, it's so interesting. So I was wondering, Churro, what for you, what was your favorite memory uh, or what are some of your favorite memories from from Kingdom Hearts one, you know, story wise or gameplay wise? What are some of your favorites? Mine's got to be like, like oh, like, the biggest like thing was like Neverland. Oh, That's yeah. when the story started like becoming on its own. Like absolutely, you know, you, you you finally see Kyrie, you know, and you you finally see Riku siding with you, like your Sora's best friend siding with the bad guys. You know, absolutely. That's such a yeah. that's such a turning point for the game. Actually, so uh, you know, just uh you know, let you know a little more. So I'm actually not just playing, uh, the Japanese version of kingdom hearts one by myself. I'm also playing it with someone and, uh, it's their first time playing a kingdom hearts game. And I'm seeing the way they're reacting to kingdom hearts one, going through it for the first time. And I would definitely say that at first for, for her, she was like, um, like her reaction to it was like she really liked it, but it was mostly for the Disney stuff and the the Kingdom Hearts stuff she liked and she was interested in Sora and stuff. But once we got to Neverland and and actually like also right once we got to Hollow Bastion, right when the the Kingdom Hearts main story were like really take center stage, then it went from being like, you know, kind of interested and, oh, you know, this stuff is nostalgic and I really like the Disney characters and, oh, look, isn't Winnie the Pooh cute? It went from that to, like, being really invested in the Kingdom Hearts side of the story and actually being, like, really, like, rooting for Sora and Kyrie and, like, anytime a big scene would come up w- with Kingdom Hearts characters being like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. It's like... Like, so, yeah, so lately having that experience with someone who's experienced King, Kingdom Hearts for the first time is just, like, so magical. And seeing the way that they're reacting to these things that I've known about my whole life, pretty much, 
and showing it to people and, and then seeing those reactions again for the first time. It's just like, oh my God, it's so magical. Uh, I would say definitely, yeah. Um, she totally called that Soro's going to stab himself <laughs> with the keyblade. But when it happened, that, she wasn't ready. She wasn't it, ready for the feels. It, that is also an iconic moment. That's such an the iconic game. moment. Oh, man. So, yeah, those parts are really strong, uh, man. Yeah, just like like you said, Churro, like right when right with Neverlands, that's really when like the Kingdom Hearts 1 main story just is like bam, I'm here. Take notice of me. Like, you know, if you think about how Kingdom Hearts 1 was developed, like they weren't sure how it was going to go. They weren't sure what the balance of everything was going to be like in terms of how the main story was going to relate with the Disney story. So that's why for most of the game, it kind of takes the back seat. But something I really like is how, when they decided to go more heavy on the main story, they decided to put in all these like scenes throughout the game, just randomly that would occur. And every time they would happen, you'd like really take notice. Like uh, an example of it is um, you would get these flashbacks to when Sora and Riku are still little kids and they go to the secret spot and they're looking at all the drawings and they're like, oh my God, there's scary noise. Let's go into the secret spot. And oh, it was just the wind. And, you know, them talking about their power. And, you know, one day I want to be strong and leave this island. And hey, did you hear about that girl at, you know, at the mayor's house? You know, let's go find out. And, you know, those scenes, they're very few and far between, but when they hit, man, it's just like you sit up and take notice because, you know, it, it was a very different balance. Whereas now these days, like it's obvious that the main story takes center stage and it's not as surprising when it happens. It's still surprising sometimes, you know, like with Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, you had the Axel and Kyrie scenes. Those kind of had that effect. But back in Kingdom Hearts 1, when you weren't sure what this was going to be like, you know, it's really interesting. Like anytime these scenes would come up and, you know, really powerful. Uh, actually, one of my favorites still that, um, you know, I'm surprised doesn't get mentioned as much uh, in Traverse Town. When you're waiting to get um, the gummy to go to Hollow Bastion for the first time, Sora is actually kind of sad. He's like, you know, kind of downtrodden because he just gotten back from Neverland. He lost Kyrie and Riku's you know, Riku's doing what he's doing and, he, you know, he feels very alone and, you know, he asks Donald and Goofy, you know, why are you, why aren't you, why aren't you guys sad? Like we haven't seen your king at all and we haven't even seen even a hint of your king. Like compared, compared to me, you guys have it even worse than I have it. And they're just like, well, yeah, but we know if we stay with you and we, you know, as long as we follow the, the, the boy who bears the key, like we believe that we're going to meet our King and that's why we have our strength. And like, that was such a powerful scene. And then on top of that, you know, Sora then has his, uh, his, uh, out of body experience where he sees, um, Kyrie's grandmother, you know, Kyrie's heart kind of resonates and, and shows him a memory of, of hollow bastion and there's actually a kind of an interesting shot there i don't know if this is intentional 
But hear me out, Churro. Yeah. If Namora needs, you know, an interesting scene to tie back to, I want him to tie back to this one, the Kyrie grandmother scene. There is an interesting part that happens that I don't think most people notice, but I think if Namora utilizes it now, I know he didn't mean it this way at the time, but I want him to utilize it now. So there's, you know, Kyrie's grandmother's telling the story and, you know, Kyrie's listening. And at one point the camera cuts away and then cuts back and Kyrie's grandmother has disappeared. And then Kyrie's just sort of standing there, like looking around for her, doesn't know where she's gone. Now, one way that you could take it at is, oh, this is just ethereal. This is just a dream setting. It doesn't have any meaning. It's just that like maybe like the memory was fading or she didn't remember. Or maybe that's kind of a cinematic way of saying that Kyrie's grandmother died at that point. Uh, or, sure, if you take it like the way I want to think it now, what if she disappeared, vanished? without a trace from this world line and went to another world line and and it happened right before Kyrie's eyes another crazy conspiracy theory i want that to happen i want that to be a thing mark my words if that happens episode 179 kingdom hearts union if that happens i'll give you five dollars <laughs> all right also mark that put that put that in the wiki Anyway, uh, so yeah, a lot of really great memories uh, of of Kingdom Hearts One. Like I'm really uh, having a, a much greater appreciation for the game. I mean, it's always you know a, a favorite of mine, but yeah, it's you know just so nice getting to play it again. But it's like playing it again, but playing it in a different language for the first time, and you know getting to see it through someone else's eyes for the first time as well. It's just like so many things one after the other that man, it's such a great experience. So yeah, moving on from there, Churro, you know, we talked about a lot of positive things, but Kingdom Hearts one, I hate to say it, but Kingdom Hearts one's really old. So there's also things that haven't aged as gracefully. And I think, like with modern sentiment of of Kingdom Hearts 1, I think a lot of people give Kingdom Hearts 1 a lot of crap these days for not living up to the future titles in the series when, you know, at least for us and at least, or at least for me, the way that I see it is, you know, Kingdom Hearts 1, that, that was our first game. Of course, it's rough around the edges. Of course, it's not as polished as Kingdom Hearts 2 and all those other games that came after it was their first game. And you know what? This is the same team that did that. Of course, their first isn't their best, you know, but you know, there's still valuable things uh, to it. And that, you know, like we were talking about in the favorite segment, but you know, conceding to that a little bit, let's talk about some of the things that haven't aged as gracefully. And, you know, obviously, you know, the platforming, not, not the best, Platforming is not the best. The camera is not the best. Uh, what are it's some of your sometimes? Yeah, sometimes the battle system can be really clunky yeah. compared to like 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 newer iterations of Kingdom Hearts. I mean, it was definitely you know, it, like it's, a lot it's, more it's, simple. It's very. It's, it's like I was gonna say. It's very simple. Yeah, for there's really time. not much to it. So, like it, it, you know, 
everyone always complains that Kingdom Hearts is is a very button bashing, button mashing series. But I would say, at least for Kingdom Hearts 1, that is very true. Because there really wasn't that many movement options. There wasn't that many combat choices that you had other than mash X. You know, there were summons, but a lot of those summons weren't even that useful. Like, I, I that's one of the things that I don't like about Kingdom Hearts 1 is the summons, is I actually tried to give them a chance this time. And then I can see why most people don't like or use summons because you're what's your first summon for most people you know well actually probably for everyone is simba simba's your first summon and here's 99 percent of people's first experience with simba they summon simba they do a couple roars and then he's gone and they probably didn't hit anything either so then what is their initial reaction and initial feeling of what a summon is? It's a thing I use to waste my MP and it doesn't even hurt anything that much. That MP would have been better used to cast fire or thunder or blizzard or something because, you know, I didn't see it do anything. And actually, uh, the person I was playing with, I had summoned Simba and then they didn't even notice that I did it. And didn't even notice because it was gone before they even noticed it was there. So, but, you know, later later on in the game, we were trying out a bunch of different summons. And it definitely seems like uh, her favorites, obviously, Tinkerbell, but also Bambi. Man, Bambi is an awesome summon. Because it's Very basically underrated. like... Yeah, really underrated. But man, Bambi is amazing. Just constant MP. I did not understand the value of Bambi as a kid. As a kid, to me, Bambi Bambi was the worst because it didn't even attack anything. But I didn't realize the value of, if I have infinite MP, that means I have infinite magic. That means I have infinite cure. That means I have infinite, you know, magic attacks. Like, the sky's the limit. I can do all kinds of things now. And... I I just didn't make that connection as a kid. So I would say, yeah, Bambi's definitely one of the best. So, yeah, I definitely think, like, there was so much potential there that I think if it was better explained, what you know, the purpose of a summon, and maybe try to pick a better first summon than Simba. I mean, Simba's great, maybe later, but maybe there was a better first summon. Like maybe genie would have been a better first summon because it, it, there needs to be some, a summon that's a little bit stronger, you know, to show you that it's so much better using a summon than not using a summon. Or it's better like if you can use a summon, like, like if you have the choice of casting magic or using a summon, like try to make the idea of you using the summon a lot more palatable a lot more interesting and honestly to this day even in kingdom hearts 3 like summons really aren't that emphasized and i just wonder why they spend so much time and effort making these summons when uh it just doesn't feel like they're all that useful so uh what about you Chara? what are some of your uh least favorite memories and some things that when you go back to it like man these things just don't hold up anymore I always, I, for me, it's always about like the beginning of the game, like, cause mm. when you have like nothing, no yep. abilities, and then like, and it's just, it's just, it makes it really difficult to get through like the, like, especially when you get to, um, deep jungle. 
Oh yeah, like, they, like the like the difficulty kind of spikes up, especially that you don't get cured after you beat that world, <laughs> right? So like, so like going into that world when you know when you're you know kind of like under leveled a bit, and yep. you know the and the boss fight against Clayton was you know kind of difficult back then, and it was kind of frustrating how like sometimes the, the difficulty would spike. Yeah. Here so and there. I'll, I'll I'll give you one that I noticed uh, recently, and it's like it's kind of like the culmination of all the bad things of Kingdom Hearts all together. Uh, Kingdom Hearts one all together. So we've got bad platforming, uh, bad enemy encounter, and uh, bad movement abilities all together. Monstro. So in Monstro. There's, you know, one of these like sh- almost seashell looking things protruding out of the side of his, his gut and you and there's a, sh- a treasure chest on top of it. You know, I spend my time trying to get up there and I finally land on it. It's got a treasure chest and bam, instantly. Here's some flying soldiers. Here's a bunch of fire heartless or those uh floating ones. Ton of heartless. And OK, what do you do? So your choices are, okay, maybe we'll try to cast some magic so we don't have to move and fall off this platform. Or, you know, because here's the thing. You've got the allure of the chest, but the problem is in Kingdom Hearts 1, you can't open chests during battle. And that's a big problem in Kingdom Hearts 1 because there's so many opportunities or there's so many times where either you find a trinity mark that you want to do or you find a treasure chest that you want to open and then of course they spring a bunch of heartless on you that are like non-stop so many heartless one after the other after the other and once you defeat one wave then another bigger wave shows up and then a bigger wave shows up and then there's all these times where you're like on ledges that you can fall off of and that's when they spring a bunch of like flying very mobile enemies at you and then you can't do anything to really hurt them because you're there and you know Kingdom Hearts 1 MP doesn't regenerate so it's like all these different things that are frustrating all together all at once and it's just like man that that to me is like the worst of Kingdom Hearts like crystallize like finding yourself on a ledge in Monstro, you know, during your first visit, trying to get a treasure chest, and then a bunch of flying enemies show up. Like yeah. that, that to me is just like everything all at once. That like, like kinda, normally, if you see a treasure chest somewhere, you know enemies are going to spawn right there. Yeah, you know enemies are going to spawn. But I am glad that, you know, in modern titles, like, the way that would have gone is I would have gone to that treasure chest, the enemies would have spawned, but what I would have done is I would have opened that chest right away, because in future games you can open chests during battle, so I'd have opened that chest, jumped somewhere else where I could actually fight them properly, and I would have taken out the enemies. And then that suddenly that would have been a lot less frustrating. And then also, in those other games, I would have had better movement abilities, so getting up to that treasure chest wouldn't have been that much of a hassle. So uh, even if I somehow fell off, getting back up there wouldn't be so hard. It was just that in Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, the platforming is, you know, a lot more challenging and a lot more fiddly that, you know, getting up there took me a lot of effort. So if I lose and I fall off of that, then I'm angry. You know, uh, Hollow Bastion, good gravy. 
if you fall off a ledge in Hollow Bastion, good luck. Because you're going to be climbing up very far. And by the time you get back to where you were, well, guess what? All those Heartless are spawning back again. You know, you're starting over from scratch again. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, game design-wise, there's a lot of parts of Kingdom Hearts 1 that, you know what? I get it. But you know what else I, I get? It it was their first, like, it was their first Kingdom Hearts. They they didn't know. Like, of course, it's it's rough around the edges. It's old. But I, I, I'm glad. To me, I don't see it as, like, I'm still, it's not that I'm actively angry at anybody. It's just that it's, like, more than anything, I'm just so glad that the Kingdom Hearts team recognized the problems because you can see all the solutions that came up over the years. You know, Kingdom Hearts 2 had a ton of them, but even now there's so many like new movement abilities being added and you know, it's very clear that they know the problems that happened in Kingdom Hearts 1 and they've been fix fixing the series and the formula of the games over the years. So, definitely not something that I'm actively angry about to anybody. It's just like, you know, just my experience now. So moving from there, uh, I want to talk about something more positive. Best Final Fantasy character in Kingdom Hearts 1. Since we didn't get any Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts 3, I thought it would be nice to talk about Final Fantasy's characters in Kingdom Hearts 1. Because like the thing about Kingdom Hearts 1 is since it was an early, you know, the earliest game in the series, there weren't that many original characters. And the purpose of the Final Fantasy characters in the first game were kind of to serve as almost like main characters of Kingdom Hearts and try to carry the plot for Sora because he didn't have anyone else to look up to. He didn't have his Yen Sid. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have Mickey, you know, and he didn't have like Axel on his side. He didn't have all these uh, older characters that he could look up to. So that's where Final Fantasy characters came in. Like they served to also, be the they main were characters. Also, also Nomura was kind of like nervous that Kingdom Hearts wouldn't be able to sell on its own. Yep. So that he point. wanted recognizable characters, and thus the Final Fantasy characters were put in as cameos for to help boost sales. Yep. For the game. Now I'm hoping that with the backlash that has come up from Kingdom Hearts 3 not including any Final Fantasy characters. I hope he, you know, no more reconsiders uh putting them back in because, you know, I, I really do like having the the Final Fantasy characters and I like that the way they're included is very different than the way Disney characters are included. I like that they seem a lot more, you know, in the know and a lot more prepared for the type of story that Kingdom Hearts is. I like that some of them integrate with Disney worlds like Orin and Zack. And, you know, I, I really like that uh, th- there is that kind of uh, chemistry there. So I hope they do come back. So, Churro, for you, who is your favorite Final Fantasy character in Kingdom Hearts 1? It's got to be Cloud because gotta be the, Cloud. Introduction, the introduction to him is, like, perfect. It's like Sora's so just cool. like... He's just like talking, like Phil's talking to him. He's kind of like not paying attention. All of a sudden, this big cloak figure just oh, walks man. by and just like Sora just kind of like makes eye contact with him and 
He's just and Klaus is like looking down at him like yeah. who's this kid? You it's know? just then, like then, then the next it's just that brooding cloud that we all know and love. Like that to me, that moment just cements in my mind the relationship between Sora and Cloud being like, This is the cool older brother that I want to be like when I grow up. And Sora just like meeting his older brother for the first time, pretty much. Cause yeah. That's 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 the birth of quote unquote Papa Cloud. Man, I I love that scene. You're, you're so right. That's such a good scene. I'd also say you know Leon also really good. Aerith so good. Uh, you know I'll probably go with Aerith just to be a little different because I just love Aerith in this game. She's so smart and so helpful and so nice. And you know love the voice of Mandy Moore. Unfortunately, not hearing the voice of Mandy Moore in the Japanese version. But I can confirm in the Japanese version, she's just as sweet and lovely. also want to shout out to Yuffie. I love that scene in the Traverse Town Hotel where Sora mistakes Yuffie for looking like Kyrie, And that's like such a classic, funny scene where like an, it's almost like an Amor is poking fun at himself for having similar designs in a way. Yeah. So I really like that. And uh, it's actually pretty funny that like... You know, it was almost considered that uh, Yuffie was actually going to be Riku, uh, Riku from Final Fantasy X. Like, that was uh, one of the uh, other ideas since Final Fantasy X. That was, you know, the last Final Fantasy that uh, Nomura worked on. So he wanted to put in a lot of Final Fantasy X characters, but he decided instead to include another Final Fantasy VII character. Uh, do you think he made the right choice, Sora? Do you, or. <laughs> I called you Sora. <laughs> I keep mixing you up the, today with Sora and Churro. Okay. Churro. Do you That's think... not bad at all. I <laughs> know. Churro, do you think he made the right choice going with Yuffie? Or do you think Riku would have been better? I think Yuffie was a good choice. Because, you know, you know, with the popularity in the release of Ten Two around Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, he finally found a use for Riku for that. So it would have been awkward to see Riku in front of him and... Kingdom Hearts 1 and then see her again in Kingdom Hearts 2. So, yeah. It's nice because he gets to, like, have more different characters available. Yeah. Rather than reuse them. I will just say, though, hypothetically speaking, if they did include Riku, I would want that same scene, though. I want that same scene. Sora looks at Riku and then thinks he's seeing Kyrie. And then, and then he's like, wait, Kyrie? And then Riku's going to say, no, I'm the great thief Riku. Like, wait, you're Riku? No. <laughs> that My friend's Riku. Well, that's another reason why he didn't use Riku, because he felt that players would confuse that Riku with the other Riku. Yeah, uh, that's I- I'm assuming so. But yeah, I- I'm just saying if if they did go down that route, I would want him to go down at like 100%. And like... Sora's gonna call her Kyrie, but then he's like, no, I'm Riku. Like, wait, you're Riku? No, you're not Riku. You don't look like Riku at all. Something like that. I don't know. That's that seems like a comic. Go for it, fan artist out there. Um so yeah, I guess that covers the Final Fantasy characters. I mean Sephiroth, come on. Such a cool version of Sephiroth and voiced by Lance Bass. I would say Lance Bass's voice is underrated. I love his performance in this. You can barely hear it, but it sounds so cool. But they modified it, though, a lot. Yeah, they modified it a lot. It's 
Like it's very, I mean, I think that's kind of what I like about it is it's very echoey and like, it almost sounds like he's speaking from another world, which with Sephiroth, they treat him like he's this like demigod kind of a figure. He's not like, he sort of transcends his humanity and is, it may not actually exist in this dimension. And he just like, what? Appears. I mean, he proves that be- because, you know, like you said, it just proves that because he appears through, like, you see ruins, ruins in the sky. Yep. And then all of a sudden it shoots a beam of light. And then that's like, I, th- that intro is like really badass too because it's just, you know, it shoots a beam from the sky. Yeah. You know, and then, and then all of a sudden, like, it, like the way it's cut and it's edited where it's cut, where it's like, you don't see him. Yep. Until like he's like starts to stand up. Oh, so and then, cool. like, he just, just moves, you know, left arm to, like, bring his wing out. And yeah. then it's like, and, and then all of a sudden, after bam. that moment, one, one wing angel starts playing. So cool. And then, and then it cuts to Sora looking like, like, uh, he's not scared. He's just like, who's this guy? Yeah. And then so, Sephiroth just turns around and then looks at him. And then, boom, the, no, not even conversation. It just goes right into the fight. Yeah, so uh, in in the current playthrough that I'm doing, haven't beaten Sephiroth yet. I, I we just finished up uh, Hollow Bastion, but I did decide to like show her the the opening, and I'm like, so I was like, mite uh, mite, like look look like make sure you don't miss this. And then so she'd never seen this, and it was like, like you know, like oh I wonder who it. So I was like, oh I wonder who it is, and then it's like Sephiroth. Like, she's very surprised by the fact that it was Sephiroth. Because, like, it's just like, like you said, it's like this, like, they really hold on to it very long. And especially, like, if you were, like, just coming off of uh, Final Fantasy X, you might have thought, like, oh, maybe it's Bahamut. Like, maybe that's who you're going to fight. Because, like, those runes that appear in the sky, they look just like the summoning runes from, like, Final Fantasy X. But uh, actually, it's, you know, Sephiroth that appears out of that portal. So, oh, man, so cool. Chiro, do you think we're going to fight Bahamut at any point in Kingdom Hearts in the future? We could. I hope so. I mean, I mean, there's always, like, hints and allusions to him, but... Like, Re- Rex, Rex specifically talks about Bahamut being very hard, so maybe we'll have a chance. So, uh, yeah, so that's best... Final Fantasy character. Let's talk about some negative stuff. Uh, out of the whole game, what was your most frustrating uh, boss? We'll just do it real quick. Probably anything in Atlantica. Yeah, same for me. Ursula was the worst. Uh, specifically, the big Ursula. I talked about it on the last episode because I had just uh, beaten her, but I used so many uh elixirs and I actually used a few mega elixirs to to beat her on the first visit because when I first played it as a kid I couldn't beat her at all so I actually left and went to Halloween Town did that whole thing and then came back to beat her so uh yeah this was uh I don't think it was my first time beating her in my first try but uh or not not first try but in my first visit but uh it's yeah, it's been a while since I beat her, so yeah, it was uh, really tough. And I guess I want to end out this discussion with, what is your favorite quote from Kingdom Hearts 1? I think it's the scene where after Sora loses the Keyblade and he, he has to travel through Halabasha with Beast. Yeah. 
And then he, when he gets, when he opens the huge doors, and he, there's Riku with in his dark bodysuit with the Keyblade, mm-hmm. and Riku just taunts Sora, and then you know Sora gives, I can't remember word by word, but Sora gives a speech about how he doesn't need the Keyblade, and that his friends is his power, and then in that moment where Sora's heart is the stronger than Riku's, yeah, you know the Keyblade comes back to him, you know, so out of that. Cool. And then not only that, during that cutscene too, it's like, like uh, Goofy saves Sora from Riku, uh, Riku's attack, even though they were tasked to, you know, follow the one with the Keyblade, and Riku had it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just that uh, right there, just like the whole scene was just like so good. memorable. Yeah, actually, speaking on that scene, you know, since it was my first time hearing it in Japanese. Uh, the way Sora says it, instead of saying being like, um, you know, my friends are my power, the way he describes it is like, uh, my power comes from the hearts that are connected to mine. And it was like, man, that's such a powerful way of saying that. And let me so strong in the context of Kingdom Hearts. And actually speaking towards another scene that happens in Hollow Bastion a little earlier uh, that I really like is the part where. So Riku's gotten the Keyblade from Sora, and then Riku leaves. And then uh, Sora looks downtrodden after Donald and Goofy have left him. And then the Beast gets up, and he's walking, and he's going to go forward. And then he asks Sora, so why is it that you came here? For me, I came to fight. I came to find Bell. And then Sora's like, yeah, I I came uh, to find my friend too. And that scene to me is just like so powerful because when everything seems lost, the beast who's already been defeated by Riku once already doesn't give up same exact strength, you know, same exact will of heart. He is standing strong and he's going forward and he's like, so why are you here? Because I'm not giving up. How about you? And it's like, he doesn't say it like explicitly like, uh, but I think it's such a powerful thing and such a powerful lesson that when you're in a situation where, you know, all hope seems lost and you have someone older than you, it's like asking you, well, why are you here? It's like, don't don't forget the reason you're here. Don't forget your purpose. You know, your purpose is bigger than your momentary failure. And that to me is like, dang, Kingdom Hearts 1 hitting it with the truth so strong right and on top of that like i always say it always bring it up Kyrie's line to sora don't ever forget wherever you go i'm always with you that line ugh, that hits me in the heart churro back when you had your your ziddy.net back in the days and you had your character quotes section i would listen to that thing on loop i'm sorry i probably used up your bandwidth because i was not <laughs> I was, oh, so that was you that did that. I, oh. I was not downloading it after all these years. I was playing it in the uh, I was playing it in the browser. But oh man, what a great line! That was one of my favorites. So yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps up our our conversation about the Kingdom Hearts one seventeenth anniversary. So I think now I want to talk about the uh, KBA event real quick with you, Churro, how that went. So I think we kind of hinted it out before, but. Uh, so how would you say the turnout was? It sounds like it was pretty big. 
It was actually big from the start. It was yeah. like I from what I heard from what I was getting ready for the final like preparations, like yeah. I had staff members come and tell me that there was a line to like just to sign in for the wow. event. Like the way like, this is a new ho- new hotel that we chose. Yeah. As the first one from the last previous three years that we did. Yeah. And um and basically our this ballroom's like located down down some stairs and around and apparently from what i heard that the line just like just went up the stairs wow and 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 then it went up to i think it went past the lobby and up the uh, upstairs there were there there were two people that do check in and it was you know still uh, you know a long line to get through for check in Wow, that's that's amazing. Maybe you need to get more people uh, checking in next time. That's that's check that, in or that's awesome. Or maybe something to speed up the process. Yeah. Oh man, Th- to Boy, me, is- good problem to have. That's that's so awesome. By the time by the time we actually got down, sit down and started. Yeah. With like the opening um, announcements, like the room was already was already like, I would say about three quarters full. Wow, that's. That's amazing. So, yeah, good to hear you had a a huge turnout this year. And uh, I think you said something like, yeah, it looks like we already outgrew this room. Yeah, I we've been uh, my other staff mates told me that by the time, you know, it was, you know, officially started, it was underway, it was rolling, it was going like the it felt like the room was like at capacity, even though it wasn't at capacity. It's just that all the things around the room was, and then they're like, yeah. we might ended up uh, growing this room because we get a lot of people telling us that, you know, oh, I'm going to bring my friends yeah. next year. We're going to come, you know, and it's like, so now we have to kind of like prepare just in case for even more people to show up. So usually yeah. the first year is like kind of unknown. Second year, by the second year with that room, we'll know for sure yep. if it's grown to, if it's going to be outgrown yeah so another thing i want to know is like what about this year's event was uh even better than this event in terms of the stuff you had planned for it what kind of different things did you have well considering this is my second year in actually charge of the event Mm -hmm. so like because one of the major problems from the last year's event when my first year in charge was that it's just that everything kind of like fell apart near like during like the the per you know for the process of setting it up and mm-hmm. you know the um the previous lead uh, person in charge had to leave because of uh, getting them getting a job so it kind of just fell on me mm-hmm. to kind of like pick up those pieces so i had a so rather than it didn't give me a chance to really as as the saying goes make it my own yeah, because you were you still know. you were still so bas- like living up to the idea of the previous person in charge. So, yeah, so it was kind of too late to actually do that. So I just went for what what we normally do. So yeah, it it just it was still able to go off without you know, like not too many problems, but it was just yeah. It seems like it would have been hard time to do giving. it. Yeah, so it's kind of like taking you know over Final Fantasy. Versus thirteen, you know, yeah. trying to make it your own game. You were Tabata last you'll... year. That was Tabata, but then, but instead of changing several, you know, key elements of that, I just, I just try to make versus thirteen was... as it was supposed to be. 
Exactly. Gotcha. But this year, I was able to, you know, kind of like take more risks. That's and, awesome. What kind of um, stuff did you, know, you uh, do for this year that uh, you think like made it your own this time? The main thing was adding like shops because like we we really typically never had shops. Like the only shop we had was the one we made our our own called yeah. the Box Shop. But we never had an actual third-party shop at our place before. Last yeah. year, we experimented with like an artist alley. We had uh, an artist. She goes by the name Lily Lionheart Draws. Yeah. And um, she's really talented. She does adorable artwork. And uh, she was there last year to see how it would go. Because, like I said, I took a little bit of risk last year just to see how it would go. And it went, it went fine. Then we had a cosplayer who was selling her prints there, and she said it was it went well. So I was like, "Well, let's try some shops." Yeah. So i I've been I've been I've already was connected with uh, Six on Clothing, who who does you know different uh, video game types of clothing, and um, they've done Kingdom Hearts stuff before. They have like Organization Thirteen hoodies. They, she, she's done Kingdom Hearts Sora hoodies in the past. I have bought, you know, each iteration of Sora's hoodies, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3, and they've all been perfect. And last year I tried to get her to be at her van, but unfortunately she wasn't able to. So this year she was able to. And then I actually went to Anime Expo this year as well, and I got to connect with Aitaikuji, the owner uh, of it. And she, and I, originally we were gonna, she was gonna just like, like donate some, uh, merchandise to do giveaways from, like, cause we have a raffle and a trivia. Mm. But then all of a sudden it turned into, hey, why don't we just have somebody there from my team there? I was like, perfect. That's let's, so let's cool. Let's give it a shot. Yeah, I saw you so, had, uh, he, stuff from the, uh, the 7 Eleven, uh, uh, yeah, Coochie they had, yeah, they had, they had brought stuff from the Kuji Dry, and they had bought stuff from Square Enix Cafe when the Kingdom Hearts 3 yep. promotion was there. They had the new uh, Bandai keychains, uh, the Kingdom Hearts keychains, for sale, and, you know, it it was it was perfect. You know, at the so end, awesome. they, they all came up to me and, you know, thanked me, you know, for the opportunity to sell, and the attendees loved it yeah. to be able to buy merchandise. Yeah, that's in, pretty pretty rare stuff to get in America, so it's a great opportunity. Yeah, very great opportunity, and you know it. And like you said, it was a risk. It was a risk that I want always wanted to take since we started going to a hotel since the third gathering. Yeah, you know, but it's like it for some reason the stars weren't just aligned for that yet, and then now. Everything was aligned for this event, and it's so awesome. it worked out. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's such a great thing, and like it, it adds a lot more legitimacy that you know all these artists want to be there for the artist alley, and all these uh, you know these shops as well want to be there to sell merch there. So, like, yeah, that that to me, like, if anything, that adds even more legitimacy to the to the event and makes it a, a much bigger thing. And then uh, I take it you also had, um, you know, your voice actors there. You had, uh, who, who joined this time? We had Erica Hollacher and Justin Cowden return. 
Justin awesome. was uh, our guest in our third gathering. He was our very first guest that we ever gotten. Yeah. And um, he's been a great came supporter. Back for this one. A very great supporter. And he, you know, he's. Even though he voices a minor character in the series, he still loves that role. He's, yeah. He, you know, it's something that, you know, he appreciates, you know, of, of something of, of part of his career. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He, you know, and it's unfortunate that he didn't return for Kingdom Hearts 3, but he still, you know, he still appreciates, appreciates the fact the, the fact that he got to voice a character for a series like Kingdom Hearts. Look, and at the Erica, end of the day, that Erica, his performance in Kingdom Hearts 2 isn't going anywhere, and everybody remain, remembers him at, we totally owned you, lemurs. Oh, wait, no, that was Cypher. <laughs> that was Cypher. That was Cypher. His, his memorable line was like, they're, pro- they're probably thinking we were part of the Klepto Club or something. The Klepto Club! <laughs> oh, man, I love that. Um, yeah, and then Erica. Erica has been always been a fan of Kingdom Hearts, and it... And, and she's always told me that it was her dream to voice, you know, it didn't have to be a major character as long as she got to voice something in Kingdom Hearts. You know, yeah. It didn't matter if it was for, like, Union Cross or a recoded, like, game, as long as she got to voice something. I hope and she gets more behold, opportunities in the future because she's such a great actress and she's such a big fan of the series. So I hope, you know, the good news is that the character she voiced was clearly just a one-off character, so if she comes back as a different character, totally fine. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. So. You know, all, I mean, that's all all she, all she played was, like, different additional characters. and Perfect. You know, that's fine, you know? But, hey, you know, I saw her tweet when she was able to reveal that she was in the game, and she, yeah. was, she was crying in her car, too. So it's like, yeah. you know, she was like, I'm in the game. And then, like, and she recorded that early... And the fun, nice thing is, is that like literally when she made that reveal, she literally got engaged that same day too. So, oh at Disneyland. man, what what a wonderful memory that was! We definitely need to get her back on the show at some point, so we can uh, touch base. We miss with, you, Erica. Get, get the updates on all the stuff that's happened since the last time we talked to her. Because uh, I actually was listening to the to the. Uh, the interview that we did with her the last time because that was back in 2017 so that was like way before she would have been included in kingdom hearts 3 so yeah i definitely want to see if we can uh touch base and see uh, you know where she is now uh so yeah that's uh man that seems so awesome so what would you say your favorite moment of the event was or some of your favorite moments from the event um I would have to say um there's a, there was a certain cosplayer he he showed up as Zigbar, right? Yep. Or or Lushu, whatever yeah. you want to call him. And he had he brought this big giant chest. Yeah. And it's like and obviously, you know, it's it's been the elephant in the room the yep. entire event. <laughs> it's so cool. So, and, and then in my opening announcement, I was like, before I even begin, I just need to know what's in the box. And he's all like, oh, don't worry what's in the box. You'll find out later. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. so the whole event, he was just like, later, later. And then, so finally, after, you know, the event's over, I do my final closing announcements to everybody. We just got done taking the big giant group photo. Yep. And so basically, he's like, now, now it's time to reveal in the box. So it's like, 
like everybody's recording. I have like two of my staff mates recording. I have everybody like few other people recording. He opens the box, and he and I'm like and I'm I'm kind of like I don't say too far back, but I'm kind of at a distance away, so I can't see what he's doing. Yeah, and it turns out it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, of course. Yeah. So and I, then uh, I saw the funny? I saw that video from uh, from Brinny's perspective. Oh my goodness! Yes, that, that tweet blew up. That turned into such a meme. That is such a that I think that is gonna outlive that. You know this event. This is gonna be a meme going on for yeah, from now on. But basically, when people when people say, "Oh, what happened at the Key Bears Lion Six Gathering?" Oh, Lucy brought a. <laughs> the you found out what was in the box. It's it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh man. man, I hope somebody sends that to the Kingdom Hearts team so they could have a laugh. Because man, that's such a funny. Even if even without audio, it's funny. It's so well, well, people were people were throwing in like the uh, the Marvel Avengers theme. Oh yeah, you know how like because you know how loud because you know how during like trailers they'll play yeah that really loud particular piece really loud so like. Like some videos, like in, re- in response to her videos, like just the same scene, but like they just throw it in there, and it's like, and it's just like the, his, the song's his like really facial loud. expression is so perfect. It is. It's just like, oh, man. it's like I, I have the power in my hand. And it's just, it was, it was great. You know, it's like it, it was, it was worth you know waiting for that moment, and he, he knew, you oh, know, man. what he, he was doing with good. it. It could have been, it could have been like any, I. Would have like not even considered it being the Affinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like like a like a joke or something. Like I was, even though it was a joke, but like it yeah. was something different, you know. Yeah. But like, nope, it was the Affinity Gauntlet. See, that's what I love about you know fans at events like this. You know, being creative, like it just makes it so much better. And you know, that's what I think is so special about your event that you're doing is that it really showcases the positive side and the beautiful side of the kingdom hearts community when kingdom hearts fans get together that are like really into the series and just like you know hang out and show their love for the series together and just like all the you know you know it can be hard sometimes and maybe it's easier these days but even then for a lot of people their experience with other kingdom hearts fans is through a screen you know, it's through yeah. text, it's through a Discord chat, but having it in person and, you know, even even if you get to go to cons a lot, it's not the same as if the whole event is about Kingdom Hearts. Because when you go to a con, yeah. you can't be guaranteed that the person that you meet there is really going to know about Kingdom Hearts. And you're not even guaranteed that the person wearing the organization cloak even knows what Kingdom Hearts is because they might just be doing it because they like the design. But at a Kingdom Hearts event like this, you know that the fans, they're actually fans of the series, so you can feel at home. And that to me just, and not only, I love that. And not only that, like when you, at, cons are usually, like, they're, they're, they're referred to as like cosplay gatherings. So basically, yeah. they're there, you know, like you're there to, you know, you right before it starts, they gather, you know, you talk, you, you know, kind of like, interact with people get to know them but then like once it starts it's basically you just taking photos of like they have like a list of type of things they have for the whatever like setup it goes like it'll be like all the soras all the rikus all the kairis and like then you know then they have like seesaw trio mm-hmm. you know uh 
and all that. It's just basically like a, a list of different cosplayers coming, you know, into a group and they pose for the cameras. And then you you know, once it's over, it's like they take pictures and that's really it. There's the, the only interaction you have is the time you're waiting for it to start and then a little bit at the end because then after that, everybody just splits to go. You know, do their thing, whether they got panels to go to, back to the, the outer yeah. sally or whatever. There's, it's just that brief moment and then it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's, that's it. And then like, then the another step to that is the Square Enix events. You know, like yeah. I've attended launch events from Square Enix. I've attended premiere events. I've attended, um, you know, Dandelion meeting, you know, and those are really great. You know, those, you know, are like, some of the best times I've ever had with the community, but the only problem is that these are so rare. Yeah, you know, they're, they're very rare. Something they're not something that happens quite frequently. So and it's like usually the purpose of it is to market something coming out. So yeah. because of that, if there's not something coming out this year, you know, you're not going to get that kind of event. And I mean, it, it definitely feels like it, it's like that kind of event has a very different flavor to it because. Like to some to some extent, it's a fan gathering, but then in other extents, it almost feels like a press thing, almost like an E three a little bit. Because if they have something to show off for the first time or something to that you can try for the first time, you know that's that's you know a nice exclusive, but it's a very different kind of a a feeling to that instead of you know what you guys have is you know is just the raw community experience. And exactly, you, we don't. It doesn't. Ha, it doesn't matter if there's a Kingdom Hearts game coming out. It doesn't exactly. matter if there's DLC. It's 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 gonna be there no matter what. Exactly, it's gonna be there regardless for, of the release schedule. The fans are always there. The community is always there, and like that's that to me, I feel is one of the best things about the Key Bears Alliance events. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like we. It, 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 I mean it. We try to keep like the negativity out of the door. Like we, we it, like we're not there to settle whether or not Kingdom Hearts three was a good game, was a great game, was a terrible game, or you know we're not there to, to discuss that. We're not there to discuss if you know it. We're just there to celebrate Kingdom Hearts. Exactly, and that's all that matters. We're there to make friends. We're there to have fun. You know, we're there to create memories. You know, we've you know it's you know it's. Like I said, just uh, there is always something to do there. It's like we always tell the attendees that you know, even though there's a panel going on in front, you guys can check out the stores. You guys can leave to get food. You guys, you can leave to go take photos. I was seeing people going out in the very front of the the hotel. There's like that, like a little neat little waterfall thing, and they're taking photos behind there. You know, people were just. Find anywhere they can, you know, find a good location with good light. Yeah. To find, to take, have photo shoots or whatnot. It's, you know, it's, it's, they're there to just be themselves. And like, the reason, one of the reasons why I continue to do this is because I still see people, even all the way back when I first started doing this, was just that there was really no connection to other fans. And it's like, I still see it even today. Like I wish there was something for Kingdom Hearts fans to get together for, and and this is the reason why we have it here. But unfortunately, you know, we can't provide this type of service everywhere. I mean, we still get people asking us, "Can you bring it to?" You know, I've had 
people say bring it to Oklahoma, bring it to North Carolina, bring it to Arizona, Texas, Florida. I've had people say, can you bring it to the UK? Can you bring it to Australia? And it's like, we would love to bring it to these places, but, you know, it's, 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 it's so difficult to put it up, you know, yeah. here, even in, 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 in the Orange County of yeah. California. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's I like just hearing that it makes me happy because these people want something, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard it has to be limited it is where it is right now. But yeah, I think, you know, as, as you guys grow, maybe, maybe doing, you know, additional events, maybe in other locations won't be impossible, but, uh, you at know. some point we, we would, if the, if the money's right, yeah. time is right and the amount of people is right, but. For now, this is only an Orange County thing, because yeah, you know, understandable. Because the majority of the people in our group is all lo- local in that area, so yeah, for sure, we have to make the best with what we have. So, speaking of the future, is there anything that you know you hope that you can do in the future? And this can be like near future or long term future. Like, what kind of things do you see? Uh, this, you know, growing into what kinds of things do you hope this thing can be? You know, we already see where it is now and it's so amazing to see how it's grown. Like what kind of things do you hope you can do with the KBA? I just mainly, it's just, I just want a good size room that we can yes, <laughs> just have that we can use for years. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, we just need some place that we can officially call our, like, you know, hub. You know, yeah. like how Traverse Town was and Twilight Town. Like. Yeah, I think once, once you've I mean, got that decided, you can start making things that you can always bring to the event. And. Yeah, like, I've always wanted to do, like, for example, I wanted to start bringing in, like, TVs and consoles for people to do, be like, awesome. video game challenges. Like, do like, see how fast can you beat Kingdom Hearts 3's, you know, secret boss minus yep. without using the ultimate weapon. Like, we'll have a contest to see, you know, where we'll write down people's times and whoever has to show it his time will get a prize at the end. See, that's, you know? that's something and I'm then, so surprised is that you've gotten so far and this event has gotten so big and we still haven't had like, uh, actually playing Kingdom Hearts at the event yet. Like, that's such a great way to evolve the, the event. Actually, like it's just the game. room and just room and the fact that nobody wants to bring their own console, <laughs> right? So, so because like I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna bring my Kingdom Hearts three PS four. No, no, no. For that's, that that's, reason, so that's it's like, real I'm, expensive uh, and real sought after. Yeah, so it's like I'd rather just go out and buy a PS four. But like you said, when the money's right, it's gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. Another thing I want to bring to the table is like, I, like at the 2.5 launch event, they had a, a green screen where you take a photo of and they have like a preset background, like Twilight yeah. Town or yep, that'd be cool. Deep Jungle. I want, there's a, there's somebody who's attended our events and he makes wonderful Kingdom Hearts backgrounds. Yeah. And it's like, I will love to collaborate with him for him to make his, in his own style, different like areas of the Kingdom Hearts worlds. Yeah. And then, Use a green screen so for, so people can take pictures and implement that background yeah. to their picture. That's definitely a possibility. So, 
And that would also be like a good way to like promote the event because, you know, if you uh, put it out on your like Twitter or slash Instagram and then put like, you know, hashtag Key Bears Alliance or have like a Key Bears Alliance uh, well, watermark, well, people we had, see we, it. Well, we designed, a, you, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 3, they have the Kingstagram. We just we had one of those those cutout boards that we one of one of my staff members made and and it had like the Key Bears Alliance hashtag, the likes and the everything on it. it just basically de- built in that design of so cool. people can take photographs with it and you know it's it's like the little things i've you know talked to them about it's like this is what i want you know and then like then you know it's like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't it's like it's all about trial and error for these yeah. things it's like i'm honestly i am uh, our, the event is never going to be perfect it's yeah. like even big cons are not perfect when you look at the state as, as free events, like as big as Anime Expo, it's the biggest, you know, anime convention in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still far from perfect. That's so cool. But yeah, you know what? So, it, there, there's so much that this thing can grow into. And it's already like, it's like grown so many times bigger than it was when it first started. Like at first, you're just showing thing, up. Though. Yeah. The funny thing, my biggest fear is that. If my ba- here's a strange thing though. Yeah. My biggest fear is that it's getting too big for us to handle. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Because it's like, because when it gets too when it gets to a point where it's too big, then it starts becoming harder to control, getting yeah. a little harder to to figure out what we need to do. Like, for like, for example, I've, I've had people come to me and say. Why don't you turn this to a big con? Yeah. And my answer has always been, if I was going to turn to a con, it would have to be something different than than uh, than the KBA. It wouldn't be called KBA. Yeah. It would have to be its own thing, you know, and I would love to be a part of it, but somebody would have to take the reins yeah, for if it's, it. Yeah, if it's got to grow that big. And you know what? Yeah. I think for now, I think it's good the kind of style that you're doing, and I think there's still room to grow. And you know, you clearly you have a lot of really great ideas for what you could do with it in the future. I think you can definitely do it. So, you know, I, I wish you all the the best of luck. Uh, if you guys Thank ever want to put any like. <laughs> Like video coverage on the YouTube channel, no problem. I got you. Well, we've I'm always well, looking for well, content. One of the biggest changes, one of the biggest changes we did this year was uh, we entered. We I got another staff member, and mm-hmm. she graduated under marketing. So she has been a wonderful help for us because yeah. one of the biggest things that we kind of lacked because ever since I left the marketing role to become the pro- assistant project manager, to become the project manager was. We didn't have anybody really guiding and promoting the event. Yeah. But when she, even though she, she, she joined us in June and our event was in September. Yeah. So that's only three months. So within the three months she was with us, she was able to act to really promote this event. You know, our, our numbers for social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram increased, you know, um, she, she's a photographer. She's a videographer. You know, she was 
taking pictures in addition to the photographer that we already have. So yeah. we had two photographers and in, in recording video and taking photos. So there's like a ton of footage from this event. That's so awesome. And, and, um, it's, yeah, I can't wait to see what our YouTube manager can put together for this. Yeah. That's exciting. So yeah, good to, to hear about that. I think we'll take, uh, one question and then we'll call this uh, an episode so uh this first question comes from nico gonzalez there's a lot of hope for hashtag sora for smash in super smash bros ultimate with the announcement of a second wave of fighters since the revealed trailers for new characters are creatively well done how would you like sora to be introduced Mm, there's, I mean, the one one of the unique things about Sora is that there are different ways he can be introduced. Oh yeah. Um, like my favorite thing was always like their gaming ship crash. You know, the, he's Sora's driving the gaming ship and he gets in the argument with Donald and Goofy and yeah, it just like crashes. <laughs> so know, classic. They leave the gaming ship and they like they end up crashing into like one of the stages and smash and oh, that'd be Sora great. gets out and then like he encounters like you know like Cloud. He's like. And he interacts with Cloud as if, you know, he's, you know, happy to see him again. You know, and it's like, and this, this Cloud is not the same Cloud as the Cloud he knows. So, yeah. You know, I think the nice thing about Kingdom Hearts is that because of Sora being someone that travels to different worlds, the Sora in Smash could really just be Sora. Like the real Sora. Yeah. It could be, they, they could even use the, the thing at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 where he disappears yeah. and then he reappears and he ends up here in Smash. Yep. You know, it's, it's, the, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of options to do with Sora because, of yeah. the, uh, because he's a world traveler. So for sure. I, I think that's a great idea. Another, uh, an idea I had, I don't know if it's as good, but the classic, you know, a lot of them get like a letter. So, you know, get the smash invitation in a bottle, you know, that's another, yeah classic one maybe like you know it appears on destiny islands and then like uh sora answers the call and then he'll show up but i think that's a little bit on the nose yeah let me ask you this though obviously because there's a lot of debate about this i've been seeing this on twitter yep that you know they everybody you know obviously disney owns the right to sora yeah kingdom hearts yep but at the end of the day, it's already been revealed that Disney has a huge amount of respect towards Nomura and Square Enix. Yes, that's why that's why they still go to Nomura with permission to put Sora in, in yeah. just, into things. So my question for you is: Do you think Nomura will ever allow something like this to happen, or do you think that Disney would just take the initiative on their own and say yes for them? I think that, um, uh, you know, I think as you said, uh, you know, there, there would definitely be a discussion between the two. And I think, uh, as far as Namor is concerned, I think he'd be all for it because, you know, he was definitely involved with cloud getting in. So I think he would be for it, especially because, you know, when it comes to smash characters being, or characters being cameos in smash, it's it's definitely a a fan service, you know, sort of a thing. And yeah. on on top of that, like at the end of the day, if you really think about it, it's fan service and the only work Namora really has to do 
is approvals and making sure that Disney's okay with it. And which means he doesn't do, have to do that much work. So he gets to please the fans and he doesn't have to do that much work. You are you telling me well, Nintendo's well, well, going to do it, the work? Great. Well, it's well the majority of the time is it's Nomura still doing the work because you know, Nomura the way Nomura works is that he designed the character, so basically Nomura has to still put in work to see how he you know, interacts, how he fights, yeah, how he Yeah, there there'll be aspects and everything. like that, but at the end of the day, I think it'll definitely come. I think maybe what might need to come first, though, is a, a new Kingdom Hearts title on a modern Nintendo platform. I think that would probably have to come as well in, in the mix for it to make more sense. Not that, I mean, Sora's been on Nintendo platforms, so that's not, you know, a question there. But I think it will also require... Um, there being I, a I mean, new it, one. It, it makes sense because of, of you know promotion wise and money wise. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean really much right now because with with the introduction of you know Banjo Kazooie and yeah, uh, yeah, Terry true, from true, Street, true. Uh, from a uh, Final Fight. Yeah, you know, neither so it's of like, them are, have recent stuff, so that's like, like true. Like the only the only two characters so far that really had anything to do with cross promotion really was Joker because of P five R. And a hero, and, um, and hero because Dragon Quest Eleven, yeah, coming on the Switch. So, so yeah, I think we'll have to see. I, yeah, in terms of like getting into Smash, like who do I think the bigger roadblock would probably be? I think it's probably going to be Disney. But uh, if they can get Disney on board, I think Namor would be on board because I think Nam- for Namor to say yes, that's a that's an easier yes than for Disney to say yes. So if at any point Disney says okay. I think Nomura is also instantly okay. Let's do but, it. Here's the thing, though. Like I remember reading an interview somewhere that oh, it was uh, a U- Kingdom Hearts YouTuber. I forgot which one. He interviewed uh, like one of the Disney Japan's like top, you know, CEO. Not really CEO, but like he's like. Next step below that, I think mm. he's one of the top executives for Disney Japan, and he asked him about the possibility of Sora of uh, being in Smash, and his response was, you know, while we're certainly okay with giving Sora to be, you know, the the okay to put Sora in Smash, that we the the final say would have to come from Nomura-san himself because we respect him that much. Yeah. So basically, did so from based on that answer, it seems that Disney is already on board. But it's just at the end of the day, it still comes down on Nomura because because Nomura is really picky with the characters he's created. Yeah, you know when it comes to being in different types of games. Yeah, I think yeah, I think if they're if everyone's on board, I think it'll definitely happen at some point because clearly it seems like Sora is one of the most popular. Uh, yeah, characters he's, he's basically he's always, he's always ranked either first or second. Yeah, in a lot of different regions when it comes to like fan made polls and stuff. Yep. So I think I think there's definitely a strong chance that'll be in there, and you know, like you said, uh, Nico, in in your question, like, um, you know, the the second wave of DLC fighters is coming, so. This may be a great chance, and uh, actually, during the Nintendo Direct, I think Sakurai said 
something along the lines of, you know, this is probably going to be the last game that has this big a roster. Like, this truly will be Smash Ultimate. So, you know, I think he's kind of saying as almost like a cop-out, you know, if we can't get all of these characters in a future Smash, I'm sorry. Like, if that ends up being the case, then, you know, if Sora has to be a one-off, this could be the game that he's able to be a one-off in, so... Yeah, cause, because Sakurai has already mentioned that this ultimate was basically Iwata's last like request before his his uh, passing. Yeah. That's so. why he's been working so hard on it to include as many characters as he can. Because yeah. like, a lot of people, like, because a lot of times um, Sakurai has always said that this Smash is the last Smash, and, but he still continues to, you know, make more Smash games. And with this, like you said, with a huge roster. You know, this truly could be, you know, the final smash. Yeah, or at least, like, the final smash that is the smash that we know. Because, you know, some other people have been thinking, like, maybe we might get a reboot of what smash is about and, like, a complete change-up of how the formula works. Like, But at least for this, like, yeah, I can't imagine a more fitting name than this being Smash Ultimate because it's, like... Man, they really threw everything at this game. There's just so much. So, yeah, great question. Thank you, Nico. And, uh, yeah, the music for this episode comes from Cement City. It's going to be a remix of Destati. It's a really action-y remix, so definitely check Cement City out on YouTube. Got, he has a lot of uh, Kingdom Hearts remixes out there, so if you like his style, you'll definitely find a lot on there. And, uh, yeah, the next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 1st of October. As always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember to support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. And I also want to add... Just as a reminder, this week, YouTube channel, relaunch. Let's relaunch it. And uh, in terms of, like, ongoing content, I don't know how that's going to work exactly, but I'm going to try to make sure that we get lots of content on the YouTube channel. Uh, Some of that content is, well, I want, and I want it mostly to be unique content. If for whatever reason I can't, I'm going to also try to see if we can start uploading the podcast there as well. I don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing or if I'm just going to do that to pad out weeks where we don't have content. We'll have to see how it goes. But at the very least, I mean, we have the podcast every two weeks when I upload it. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. But we'll have to see how it goes. I know for Final Fantasy Union, they don't upload the podcast because their YouTube audience is so large that... Anytime they ever tried to upload the podcast, people were, like, somehow confused. I still don't get that. Like, you upload content, and then people's reaction to it is, why did you upload this? I don't understand when you could just decide not to watch it if you don't care about the podcast. I don't know. Look, YouTube is a very strange beast. I want to understand it. Let's understand it together. So, I would ask for y'all... In, in this time of uh, our new beginnings of, uh, of Kingdom Hearts Union relaunching on YouTube, I would highly request your support in this 
So please subscribe to the channel, give the videos likes, and uh, please share them with your friends as we start posting this new content. Uh, it's taking a lot of effort. I pretty much have no free time anymore, so uh, a lot, all the no free time that I have is being absorbed by various things and this. So uh, if you could definitely, uh, if you could support us in any way you can with this venture, I would highly, highly appreciate it. No worries about the podcast, though. The podcast will always keep going. We, we got it going. It, we, look, we just made an episode already. So just asking for your support there. And I uh, hope you guys like uh, the content we put out. We're putting a lot of effort into it. So thank you. So, Churro, it is goodbye time. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully you guys uh, may, uh, get some interest in attending our KBA event in the future. And if you do, I hope to see you guys there. Yep, that sounds like a, a great idea. So yeah, if you're uh, in the area in California and uh, you like to go, or you, even if you want to come to California to go to one of these uh, events, that sounds like yeah, a great time. We actually time. had a, we had somebody come from Idaho for a wow, that's awesome. So yeah, there's already people traveling. So you know, if you want to meet a bunch of Kingdom Hearts fans, sounds like a great opportunity to me. So, uh, that, I guess that pretty much wraps up everything. So I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.
final darkness is now. 